You see, people collect all kinds of things. New, old, priceless, worthless. Darling, it doesn't matter what. I simply must know why. Those mothballs shouldn't get to keep all the secrets. This is the Mothball Prophecies. Hello and welcome to the Mothball Prophecies. I'm Samantha Mashburn. And I'm Jill Huffman. And today we're sitting down with someone who puts the royals to shame with her decadence. She's an artist with an eye for opulence. I want to live in her living room. Jill wants to live in her living room. And we want to drink tea until we both die. Yeah, pretty much. Welcome to the show, Iridescence. Hi, thank Hello. you. Oh, man. We're so excited. I want to live in that living room you described. I feel like I don't even live there yet. <laughs> it's like the Instagram versus reality. It's that thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just want to live somewhere that always has like a rosy like filter with perfect afternoon sunlight. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like that could be a thing. Yeah. And nobody wants anything from me. <laughs> just going to lay on the couch like a cat in a robe. Is that too much to ask? Well, that I is the mood. <laughs> yeah. I first came across your stuff on what everybody knows is my favorite app, TikTok. And I was scrolling and I saw which video was it first? Oh, I think it was you taking the trash out in a full gown. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That <laughs> like one. a Rococo, like yeah. full. And I was like, my neighbor liked that one too. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. And then I, of course, I do the thing where I go, what does their Instagram look like? And then I go to their Instagram and then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I sent it. We have a group chat and I sent it to our friends and I was like, I just want her on the show. And I think it was I found a, a picture of you with uh, big fans during burlesque, like the big feather fans. Oh, um, it might have been my headpiece, which has a similar kind of feathers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I wish like, I had fans, but we'll put it on the bucket list for 2021. <laughs> Yes. Get Essence fans. Yeah. So thank you. There's my long spiel of how I found you and welcomed you to our fold of the Mothball Prophecies. Thank you so much for having me. You know, we always wonder when we stumble across somebody, we're like, how? Because we know as collectors, like you don't just like stumble into a full collection. Like it builds on itself. How did you get into antiquing and collecting vintage and doing those things did you grow up with it yeah actually so my mom has always been a big thrifter um she just loves going to the thrift store and finding things uh antiques and vintage are nice for her but like she'll just you know she'll take anything she likes but my dad uh he was the big like antique person he has had he passed away a few years ago he oh. had a love for antiques yeah, um, that was one of the things that, that you know, we shared him, my sister and I, we all really shared that. And he, um, he and my mom actually ran a store in Chicago in the 90s called Bargain Emporium, where they would sell used furniture to people. And uh, he would get in antiques and he would go to like flea markets and things like that. There's this huge flea market that I actually haven't been to since I was a kid. It was called Kane County. And it's... I guess it's not so far from Chicago, probably an hour or two away mm -hmm. um, that he would like take us to. And I just distinctly like his his scent in my memory is his cologne and like that distinct dust from like boxes of old <laughs> things. Like that's yeah. just his smell. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear about your dad. I didn't know that he had passed away. 
Oh, it's fine. Well, I mean, it's not fine that he yeah. passed, obviously, <laughs> but like, yeah, it's it's been a few years and um, I do miss him, but I do feel close to him when I think about antiques. So it's kind of like, you know, a nice, it, it's a nice memory. Yeah. What sort of things did he really love to like, what was if you were guys were out antiquing and he saw it across the store, what would make him like lose his mind? Well, there were things that he liked for the sake of like flipping and making money. Sure. Um, so I'm sure, you know, the older, the better. But in terms of what his personal kind of style was, he really liked um, mid-century modern things and like things from the 70s. Um, he would collect like these lamps. I don't really know what they were made of, but they were like these giant balls, like of different colors. Oh, and like they have this they weren't glass. It's not really like rubber, but it's kind of like this material that looks like tiny fibers or yarns. I know there's, I have is to look, the, I should have looked it up. Um, I, I have, is it the fiberglass shades or the spaghetti noodle stuff? I think it's the spaghetti noodle stuff. Oh, oh cool. Yeah. <laughs> Very mid-century. <laughs> yeah, that's for that, the spaghetti noodle stuff. Um, he had this lamp that was three of those balls that would hang like, kind of in a triangle and they were red green and blue um he also loved lava lamps i actually have one of his lava lamps still my sister has the other lamp um and he he also would collect records which i feel like i feel like records are like antique and vintage adjacent but aren't like exactly like it's still its own category mm-hmm. of like collecting yeah um so yeah, he loved mid-century modern stuff. Um, he had this one book, which, so the last antique sale that he was a part of, I actually joined him with, it was in 2016. There was this sale in Chicago called the Vintage Garage Sale. And he hadn't done it in years. And like his health was declining at that point because um, he had cancer mm-hmm. and it had returned. Uh, he was in remission for some years and then it had returned by that point. Um, which I didn't even know at the time. And if I'd known, I feel like I would have seen, you know, the sale a lot differently. But yeah. we were there together and he had this book from the 1920s that was like the scrapbook of like newspaper and photo clippings. <sighs> um, and it was like, it was kind of falling apart, but I feel like that added to the charm. And it was uh-huh. just so cool. And I was like gently flipping through it and it did sell. Um which I, I knew it would as soon as we put it out. I was like, somebody's going to snap this up. Um, and it was one of those moments where I was like, damn, if I had it, I would just buy this for my dad and keep it. But I didn't really have the money. Right. Those moments that you look back on after a traumatic event and you're like, ah, if I could have, my grandpa died suddenly, we didn't know he was sick either. And it was the same kind of thing of, I wish I would have sat down and had like this conversation and that conversation and asked him about this and what he thought of that. And it's just, yeah, but I love, I love that you have both the the physical and the scent triggered memories of your father Yeah, to be like, you could antique or go hunting anywhere in the country and like have him with you. That's cool. Yeah. It was really weird because the other day, um, I recently worked with a perfume brand and I'd sprayed on one of the scents and it's not really like his scent, but I guess there was something within it that was like a familiar note, I guess, some sort of top note. And um, I'd been recently moving some stuff out of the storage room of my apartment. And then like, so the smell of like this old, and I live in an old building too. So like the smell of 
kind of just the old stuff. <laughs> and then this top note from this perfume made me do a double take. And I, and that's when I realized I was like, that's what my dad smells like or smelled like it was like, you know, like perfume or cologne, the old stuff. And then also like, you know, whatever scent is distinctly your own, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. body chemistry. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa. It was weird, but it was good. Oh, it was that's good. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah, there's times my grandpa smelled like um, this lotion that he used that had a light scent to it, a little bit of sweat, and then he always <laughs> he always wore the same cologne and then some cigarette smoke because my grandma smoked. Mm. So it was like that mixture of whatever lotion he put on his bald head, <laughs> and that. But there'll be times I'll be walking through somewhere, and it's almost like. Are you here with me? Are you like... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because that's... Yeah, I I grew up collecting with them. They're, you know, that's like my cornerstone of my collecting is my grandparents. <laughs> and so it's definitely like walking into a sale or anywhere like that feels kind of like coming home. Like I'm like, oh, I know this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels very familiar. So did your parents, did they like just do everything furniture wise? Was it just furniture stuff in their store or was it other types of antiques and vintage items? I think it was mostly furniture. Um, I was really young at the time. This was, they ended up losing the store because they had divorced. Um, And this was like, they divorced by the time I was like five or six. So a lot of this is like very early formative memories. Mm. Um, And like, I'll hear stuff from my sister I heard actually from my sister, my mom last summer that in the first apartment, like the apartment I was born in, they had, there was an attic that was also a historic building, but like in the 1890s, which for Chicago was historic. Um, (laughs) Some people like to boast. My, my roommate is from, she's my best friend. She's from Germany. And she's like, you guys say these places are old. They're like a (laughs) hundred years old. Old for us is like 500 years ago. And I'm like, okay, well. Like, I, We're living on colonized land, so yeah. you, you know. So yeah, like, let's not forget. Like, uh... yeah. <laughs> but um, my sister was telling me about this mirror that she remembered. It was a trifold mirror. I want to say it was like from the eighteen late eighteen hundreds, and it was like a full length <sighs> um, trifold mirror, and they're like they were like oval shapes, and. Like, I'm just in my head imagining, like, what that would have looked like. I still have the vaguest memory of that attic anyway. And it was in the attic of this Victorian, old Victorian home, basically. And so um, that's not my own memory, but, like, I got to, you know, vaguely live vicariously through my sister. And my mom was in the kitchen, too, when they were talking about it. My mom was like, yeah, I... I think she said she she didn't sell it, um, but she she had wanted it. And in the divorce, they asked her, like, you know, what do you want? And she was like, I want nothing from that man. Uh, But (laughs) and this was like, you know, over 20 years ago. And then she said then and there, this was last year where she said, uh, that's the one thing I should have I should have just took that mirror because he sold it. Uh. And he sold it, I think, for like a like four hundred and fifty which in the 90s, you know, was more money, but still that thing probably would be like, you know, a few thousand mm-hmm. to, I think she was like, I could probably get like 5,000 for that now or something like that, at oh. least. Um, which for me, 
honestly, that sounds like something I just, I would never sell. Like, mm-hmm. I would just keep it. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. My parents got divorced when I was super young, too. And I remember my mom, like, thinking I wasn't understanding what was going on. But she was going into a pawn shop with her wedding ring after the mm. divorce was finalized. And I was like, what are you doing? She's like, stay in the car. And I was like, why are we? <laughs> What's happening? And then she comes back and she's like, let's go to dinner. And I was like. What is happening? <laughs> You're very happy now. <laughs> and you just went into a kind of scary place. She like fan in the money yeah. like, yeah. like let's And go. you can you can tell different generation if she was like staying in the car. I feel like nowadays like my <laughs> right. nephew is just like dragged everywhere. He's yeah. eight years old. So he's like yeah. he's not staying in any car. But like okay. back then my mom was like, You stay in the car. And I'd be in there for like a while too. And I'd right. be just chilling. Like, I'm not going to leave the car. It's locked. Right. Yeah. And you, no entertainment. You just have like something right? to maybe try and read. I'm, I'm <laughs> looking at the air freshener hanging off the yeah. mirror and yeah. looking up stories about it. Yeah. I remember my mom, I was like, I don't know, four or five. And she went into the elementary school and she was like, whatever you do, don't lock the doors. And I was like, lock the doors? <laughs> lock the doors is that what what you meant mom so she leaves and then we're across the street from the police station in the small town so she comes in she's like unlock the doors and i'm like i don't know what you mean what do you mean unlock the doors so she had to go across the street she was so pissed so pissed but yeah that was yeah it was uh being raised in any time before 1995 right growing up in the 80s i know that's why i'm looking at you as the elder (laughs) So how the did you age make of it? Parents putting you in their lap while they're driving. Yeah, <laughs> I remember sitting in my dad's lap while he was driving down the highway. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> and then had like we had the uh, car seat where you just hooked it over the seat. There was no seat sure. belts or anything. Vintage just, car seats. Yeah, you just sit there. <laughs> what was going on? I just I remember my grandma would like hold the screen door open and yell to my mom, put your seatbelts on. And my mom would be like, I'm not putting on my goddamn dip, 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 dip. And she like, I'm like, why aren't we putting our seatbelts on? This seems like such an easy solution. So I was like, Free her, click it or ticket. Yes. <laughs> click it or ticket. Click it. Don't risk it. Oh, yeah. They're saying now because apparently money is not enough <laughs> to entice you yeah, to nobody be cares responsible. Yeah. Now it's about your actual life. <laughs> when did you like start to get your own collections in your home? Like what were the first things that you were like magpieing as a little kid? Um, mm, well, I feel like when I was a little kid, I would pick out things that looked kind of you know, they had this antique look to them and I just thought they were pretty. Mm-hmm. And there are certain things that I'm sure I didn't even know were antiques. I have this necklace that I um, got from the thrift store like at least 15 years ago. And I haven't been able to find any information on it, but I it looks to me kind of like vintage Avon, like probably like oh. 70s. I doubt it's... I doubt it's anything past the eighties. Um, and it's like this gold filigree, um, magnifying glass. Um, and the glass does like, you can't really, you can magnify with it, but it's not very good at that. It's clearly (laughs) aesthetic, (laughs) you know, but I've had that for a while. And like, what I would do as a kid was I would go to the thrift store with my mom would always be like, you know, that would, that to me was just fun. Um, which is so funny because now my nephew complains when we're there. And I'm like, dude, this is treasure trove. Um, we're treasure hunting. The- Get with yeah, it. Yeah. Well, and it was literally that for me because I would pick up things that looked like 
treasure because apparently I was a dragon at the time hoarding things. <laughs> um, and I had this box, this tin that my mom had gotten some sort of cookies or something like that uh-huh. in. And I had this empty gold tin and it didn't even look like a treasure chest, but in my head, I was like, well, it's shaped like one kind of, and it's gold ish. <laughs> so I'm creating a treasure. So I would go to the thrift store and I would get this costume jewelry that I would take apart. Um, <gasps> like and I would jewels? find those. Like to make jewels. Yes. Oh my yes, God. Exactly that. Like I, I'm thinking of like the, I think my mom still has the one of, I think my mom still has the box. I hope she didn't toss it. Um, but, you know, I would find like these necklaces with like faux rubies or mm-hmm. faux emeralds and I'd take them out. And it was a really good day if I found them and they weren't like foil backed, but like, oh, you know, yeah. looked, like you actual could see glass, them. like cut glass. You're like, yeah, yeah or this like is really shit. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, this is amazing. Um, and I would get, do you remember those chain, not chain, um, those coin belts from, I don't know yes. where they were from, but I would find them at the thrift store all the time. And this was like, you know. 2001 to 2005 ish so if they were at the thrift store then my guess is that maybe they were like 80s or 90s -hmm. kinds of belts yeah but but i remember finding this one that had like um it looked like i i want to say it was some sort of like cameo or like side profile of like a royal or something like that on each of the coins. And so I took the belt apart and I was like, well, now I got coins for my treasure chest. And I found a couple more belts that were like the same kind with like different, um, different prints on them. And I just filled up this treasure chest with this kind yes. of stuff. I was also growing crystals at the time. Oh, with like oh those Smithsonian yeah. Sets. Yeah. So I, <laughs> that's just always been my vibe. And then I found that necklace kind of around that time too. Um, and another necklace I have um, from around that time period. So like those were things that I kind I knew when I picked them up, they looked old and it didn't really occur to me as a child, like this is antique or vintage, but I was like, this makes me feel like I stumbled upon a treasure. Mm-hmm. This is going to fuel my adventure games. And I would have my like treasure chests out and the forest preserve with one of my buddies and we'd just be like out there with some with one of those fake maps that i picked up those you know those aged reproduction uh-huh. maps that <laughs> that you find that like my dad took us down to mississippi and we went to like this um this war not war um this like those historic battlefield sites oh yeah mm-hmm. And we would pick up like, you know, at the souvenir shop, a map of like the area or something. And they, yeah. you know, they yellowed those yeah. papers to look old. Looks real. So, so real. Yeah. Oh, man. I haven't thought about those in a while. And so, that like, you don't know like how to that. read a fucking map. So you're like, this is for anything. This is <laughs> right? for any area that we use it. We would have been this... best fucking friends. We would have been two little weirdos <laughs> out in the wilderness living yeah, our best lives. That. Making potions. Want- fighting people oh yeah i remember (laughs) (laughs) it would be like perfume some sort of food coloring some ridiculous shit that like like now i wouldn't touch with a 30 foot ball i'd be like it'll get that away from me but like you was it i also did like deck like historical role playing as a child to be like well yeah it would be a pirate yeah I'd just yeah. be like, all right, well, we're today we are <laughs> running from a battlefield that our castle was absconded and we got to get out of here and blend in. 
Yeah, like, I mean, it was, like, either that or, like, House. I did play, you know, X-Men, and I did play, like, dolls and stuff like that. But, yeah, I would I would be an adventurer. We'd be pirates or something mm-hmm. like that. Pick up a stick that's now my sword. Yep. Even better day if I, you know, went by Walgreens with my mom and, like, picked up a sword or, like, some sort of fake revolver with, like, the little caps mm-hmm. um, and, like, the... <laughs> I feel like this is... I don't know if I should have been this excited about handcuffs as a kid, but like <laughs> when I found like the ones that were actually made of, they were probably like nickel plated or something like that, but like the actual metal handcuffs instead of the, you know, like the plastic ones. Uh-huh. And like, I mean, I, I feel like I still am on my Western shit these days. <laughs> we'll just come but visit. Like, we'll run you through the gamut of Western things here yeah. in Idaho. <laughs> I, I I literally earlier today I was looking up um like hiking boots because I want to get more into hiking locally. And I was like, there's gotta be some sort of like antique looking hiking boot out there, right? And they're all so contemporary and ugly, but like you need that for like your feet to not <laughs> die out there. But like I just want a really nice Western hiking boot and things made today. Mm-hmm. They just don't, they don't have the style they did back then, man. No, but they also like they the Donner party didn't make it all the way up a mountain because they had improper everything. True. So like, what if you, yeah, just, we'll, we'll talk to um, our friend that's a leather maker and we'll go, Hey, you need to corner the market on reproduction hiking boots, Melissa. Yeah. Well, one of the funny (laughs) things I was reading was that um, they were saying, like, you know, hiking for recreational purposes wasn't really a thing until, like, you know, much like, if you want to look like you're in the 1890s, like, back then, that was like, they were doing that for work. I was like, (laughs) Like, they're doing that for a living. (laughs) The Industrial Revolution (laughs) ruined farming and introduced hiking. To be like, remember when you didn't live in a tall building? Yeah. Go yeah. climb that mountain. And then Teddy Roosevelt was like, oh yeah, national parks. Which, I mean, I guess that's one one kind of decent thing that came out of the fucked history of this country. <laughs> right. But Yeah, we'll give, a, we'll give them as a loose chip in his belt. One gold farthing yeah. <laughs> to <laughs> you, gold. Teddy Roosevelt, yeah. for national yeah. parks. For national parks, yeah. yeah. But, we're not but yeah, my, my, um, my childhood was just, yeah, it was full of me playing piratey shit and um and collecting little treasures that even to this day like i'm looking at my like my mirror tray my um vintage kind of vanity mirror tray setup and it looks it just looks like the adult version of what i was doing as a kid and so so many things have resurfaced and i'm like wow i really have not changed i've just (laughs) owned my taste you're not picking up costume jewelry and belts anymore to make treasure with. Now you're just wearing them. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> you're like, I'm not taking this well, apart. Well, actually, I mean, a couple of <laughs> years ago, I was a pirate for Halloween. And I I do still have the chest. And I took apart jewelry for that, but that was not vintage jewelry. It was you knew like, better now. Yeah, I knew better. I knew better. <laughs> I went to the, you know, some local beauty supply and I picked up some, some stuff. Okay. And I did not destroy vintage for that purpose. Yeah, I think back to like reckless vintage days where I was just Mm. like, yeah, I know this is old, but fuck it. And now I think back to that girl (laughs) that didn't know any better. And I was like, why? For shame. Why did you do that? (laughs) (laughs) Who were you trying to prove something to? Why were you so angry at it? This is my whole childhood. 
sense of humor filled with rage. <laughs> That's just my calling card. Because I had only brothers, and so and I was the baby for a long time. I now have a 16-year-old baby brother. Mm-hmm. I was 15 when he was born. And I just had like had to keep up with them. So I was like, I was in this weird transition of like wanting to be like high femme because I just had brothers and then also being full blown Butch Cassidy. Like I could, <laughs> I didn't have, and I'm still like, it's very fluid on where I land on how I want to be that day. And I'm glad that we live in a time now that like, you, you can, can be both. Yeah, you can yeah. have that full range of expression and it's not You can have it all. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I know. Millennials. I've been exploring that too myself lately like I'm, you know, my my general presentation is very to me it's I realized something a few years ago like I don't want to say hyper feminine in the sense that like it's too much but it's definitely over the top. The top being like this line of what other people think is acceptable. Um, and I realized that like, even though for the most part, you know, I, I prefer men in terms of like, you know, who I like to date. Um, my presentation in a way is very, very queer, even though it's very feminine. I was like this, I'm literally flamboyant. Like I never really thought of it until, Mm -hmm. you know, like recently that I was like flamboyant in my presentation. Um, in a gender sense. Mm-hmm. And, but even with like, you know, playing around with more masculine stuff, it's kind of the same too. Um, but yeah, being able to like play with that full spectrum and like, I'll have these moments where I will, I don't know if you are on Tumblr or not. Um, but I think I also posted it to my Instagram a few weeks ago or like late January, early February, like this kind of more masculine, um, antique inspired photo like set your that i did peaky blinders like that like the jacket well, there was the that too. The pants. <laughs> um this one was more like vampiric kind of i think I, saw yeah. um, I had on like a dark red t-shirt and there's like this um it's one of those ikea frames that's supposed to look baroque um i'm gonna find it in the background but like the the actual image of the face image on Instagram is like the um, it's me in a mask, uh, like a it's got oh like a, girl, I just yeah, that. damn love. I'll invite you in. I'll allow it. I'll allow <laughs> Thank it. <you. laughs> so for the listeners at home, she's got on this um, mask that is this beautiful kind of almost Jacobian Georgian embroidered on the side and like a lacy top in the one. And then the next one is a full blood red blouse with like a crystal chalice candle. I have those frames. Are they from Ikea? I think <laughs> I, I never bought them directly. My roommate, cause she's I also into are. this stuff. She got hers from Ikea and like, there's so many used ones floating around. And I see that, that frame on so many people's pictures. And I'm like, I got that. I got it in. We, we have had it in white. We have it in black. And I think the white one actually got spray painted gold. Oh, Um, which good choice. Yeah. So that one in that picture that was spray painted um, because (laughs) why would you spray paint a frame like that gold? Like, (laughs) you know, Um, so yeah, I feel like even with, you know, playing around in presentation, it still ends up being flamboyant and it still ends up being like this very antiquated vibe. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, 
Yeah, no, I love, I love that. And to like echo what you're saying, like as I age and like I'll, I'm turning 31 this month and I realize like all of the things, not just speaking about fashion and sexuality and gender, but all of the things that you're taught within the framework of your house, your family, your town, wherever, how all of it is really just bullshit. And like, you have to kind of like come out of it and be like, okay, why is it so bad if a guy or somebody who is identifying as male wears fingernail polish? Why is it so bad if somebody wears makeup? Why is it so hard to use somebody's assigned pronouns? Like why, why do we have these discussions? And it's because it makes people feel uncomfortable for holding on to these ideas that don't exist anymore. They just, yeah. especially after 2020, like everything is imaginary, like nothing. But it was like, I remember hearing like, you can't do this cause you're a girl. You can't do this cause you're a boy. And with my son now, and I know Jill's this way too. That's not how we're raising our children mm-hmm. is it's like, if my son wants to do like, I'm a hairdresser by trade. So if he wants to color his hair, if he wants to wear nail polish, if he wants to do those things, perfect. And I dare somebody to say something to him about it. Right. Yeah, I feel similarly, like, protective of my nephew in that sense. My sister's, you know, she is the same as me when it comes to, like, beliefs and politics and whatnot. Um, And thankfully, there hasn't been too many cases of, like, an outside person being like, oh, Mm -hmm. he shouldn't be, you know, doing any of this other stuff anyway. And, like, he's, like, very frequently on the internet. So I'm (laughs) I'm a little nervous about what he's taking in from, like, you know, his peers. because mm-hmm. kids kids spread things among each other like infections mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. um which i feel like it's a bad way to like refer to kids but like basically you know like they're they socialize with each other and whatever one kid is taking in from their household like they might project that not knowing better on like mm-hmm. you know the kids that they're interacting with and so um my sisters had to be extra vigilant about reinforcing like you know it's okay to be whatever you want to be. And like, you know, whether that's feminine or masculine or both or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I, the thing that I wish, you know, and I remember people saying it to me when I was that age of like, these people don't matter. Yeah. They don't matter. Like you're going to get to a point in your life that you have people in your circle that are really your cheerleaders and they're just as fucking weird as you are. Mm-hmm. And like, that's what you should be searching for. Not like, assimilating with Brian's and Chad's no offense if we <laughs> yeah. have any Brian's or Chad's as listeners it's just the term you guys got stuck with like Karen I'm sorry <laughs> also sorry to the Karens that listen sorry about your name <laughs> I know my grandma's name is Karen and I'm like she's a really sweet old lady guys oh, yeah yeah and it's you know it is it's it's interesting but I also like I think it's interesting that your the way your style has kind of snaked is like where you've settled in the things you kind of seem to be repeating towards, which is like 17th to 19th century. Yeah. <laughs> and I wonder about that too. Cause I'm like, damn, am I, am I doing like the same thing all the time? But if I like it, does it matter? Mm-mm. And I feel like for me, there's, um, I do like to be versatile and I do find, um, I have my favorites. I like it all, but I do have my favorites. Um, And then I have my favorite eras for like fashion versus, you know, interior design and 
um, furniture and decor and things like that. And like, if I had it, you know, if I had money up the wazoo and I had just any kind of home, if I could pick any home on earth, like it would 100% be something broke, like, you know, um, it would be built centuries ago and, Mm. you know, restored or maintained, um, although in a perfect, in that kind of situation, like, let's be real. I'm going to have like three to four different, different homes. And I'm also <laughs> going to have my like, you know, Louisiana historic, that's going to be decorated a certain way. And it's, you know, there's so many different, there's so much to choose from. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know how people look upon this. I'm sure some people frown, but like, I'm a fan of like mixing, you know, mixing different periods of furniture and and clothing Mm -hmm. too like it's not the historical accuracy is not a hard line for me in most cases like i'm i'm my life is not you know a historical movie production i don't have to be beholden (laughs) to like (laughs) getting the exact year and area down like i feel like you know there's different trends for like the time period of furniture but also in this specific you know area in europe Versus Mm -hmm. like, you know, what was happening, even, you know, for different European countries, how they handled Baroque, like, you know, French, French Baroque furniture or French country, you know, shabby chic, I guess some people call it that too. Like that was all very different than like what was happening in the cities and then very different from what was happening in the English countryside and in London and then different from the States, East Coast. And, you know, there's so many different time periods and places that like I just I'll take what I like mm-hmm. and if it's kind of generally if they generally look good together to me then I'll make it work so yeah. I think too that you know I would say like mixing time periods is probably anachronistic anyway or like not mixing them is anachronistic anyway because I I'm sure there were people who were collecting vintage you know quote vintage um and antiques a hundred years ago they you know how how would this stuff have survived mm-hmm. if people weren't collecting at the time and like you know or like having heirlooms or things like mm-hmm. that like this idea that everything has to be from a very specific period people who were not so fortunate i'm sure would keep things in their family mm-hmm. or their homes for decades yeah. To centuries. We had somebody recently on the show, uh, Shermie, Miss Shermet, and we were talking about this, you know, like sticking to one time and only collecting in that sphere. And she was like, well, if you think about people that were collecting that were not super wealthy and couldn't buy an entire collection, like they were spending their entire life getting a collection or adding to their pieces and like committing to a decade mm-hmm. at that time. Like we have learned since during the show of like when the reason so many older people had fine China was because they registered for it as a wedding present. They didn't just buy it. You had to get the whole set at once. Mm. And so they were ending up with, they were, that's how they uh, marketed Lennox porcelain in the beginning through Tiffany's was like, you could go to Tiffany's and buy this whole set. And then, then they were like, well, we should also have like not so rich people buy this. Cause that would be good for us. And so they started the bridal registry of you could say, I want this set. And people could be like, well, I'll buy these cups and I'll buy these saucers and I'll buy this. Oh, cool. And you would get it, which is piece by piece. Thanks, capitalism. (laughs) (laughs) But I like to see what like 
our generation, speaking of the three of us and the people we've had on the show, are doing in the world of antiques and vintage items and this kind of magpie collecting. And I don't know if you're like this, but like we collect stuff regardless of the value. Like, yeah, I absolutely. I feel, I feel, I honestly, I don't collect for value purposes or to sell anyway. That was one of the bigger differences between like me and my mom or me and my dad was that like, for the most part, they bought with the intention of like, somebody else is going to love this. I can sell it, potentially restore it, that kind of thing. And like, if I'm going to spend money on this thing, I I have to love it. Mm-hmm. And if I love it, I'm very likely not going to sell it. Or like, you know, there's just... There's, there's been a couple of times where like, I'll see in terms of clothing, something vintage. Um, and it's like, okay, well, I can't fit that, but I know somebody who would love this Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Um, in terms of furniture pieces, like, you know, furniture or knickknacks, bric-a-brac, that kind of stuff. Like it's for me or it's for somebody who likes the things that I like, or like me being able to like, you know, give something or sell something to one of my followers. And like, you know, for the things that I do sell, it's never been like this giant markup of profit. It's like, okay, well, I just want to make back what I spent on this thing in the shipping. And I know if people are looking at me for inspiration, they'll probably like this thing that I would keep my for myself, but I have something very similar. And so I can't justify like keeping all of these things. But yeah, for the most part, value is just the value to me is in the the sometimes the aesthetics of the thing i guess or mainly the aesthetics of the thing but it's cool to like have something that like is worth a small fortune i guess but that's like not that's not the point for me no and i also feel like when i have something that i know the value of i don't enjoy it as much because i'm terrified i'm gonna fucking that too yeah yeah there's a couple pieces I found out that are worth money. And I was like, well, shit. Jill collects Pyrex. That's like one of her <laughs> top things that she loves. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. And Pyrex is de- like, I don't know that it's ever really fallen all the way out of fashion. No, it's really picked up. Like steam. the dishes. Yeah. yeah. I, I thrifted some Pyrex last year and I was just getting it because I was like, wow, I could bake with this. This is a yeah. great little dish. <laughs> and then my mom was like, you know, they don't make this anymore. Right. And I was like, Oh, that's why I barely see these anymore. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm baking the mac and cheese, the gluten-free mac and cheese for Thanksgiving got baked in this. Mm-hmm. I think that was when she saw it too. She was like, <laughs> she was going to talk about the food and she was like, this is Pyrex. And I was like, oh. You're like, yeah, okay. but is the mac and cheese good? Like, did but she that? did love it though. She said it was some of the best mac and cheese she's had. Okay. Which I was like, damn, man, it's gluten-free. Ha ha, take that. Then did you tell her after, like, it's gluten-free? Uh, she knew it was before because she <laughs> she knows I can't eat wheat, so. Oh, okay. So she wasn't going to fight you <laughs> for changing the mac and cheese on Thanksgiving? No, no, she was, she was fine with it. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad that she was. But yeah, I think that there's, like, I wonder how many things I've stumbled across, like, in the wild that I knew nothing about because I know it's happened. And then I'll see it now that we do this show as it's like a very expensive. And I'm like, I saw that for 99 cents. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's happened. Um, I can't recall it happening to me, but I know that's happened to my mom a couple of times where she like points out something like where maybe something on TV reminded her of it. She's like, you know, I saw one of those at the thrift store and it was, you know, 
they didn't even have it behind the counter. It was just sitting there and I could have, you know, bought it and, and it was dirt cheap and I didn't. And then I found out it was worth like $400 or something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Ooh, I know mm-hmm. that sucks. Mm-hmm. But also, I mean, if you didn't want the thing in the first place, like, yes, can't blame yourself for not buying something you never wanted. I am unlearning that trait from my grandmother because it was always like, a, you should get that just in case. It was like the, the feast or <laughs> That's famine. how the hoarding starts. <laughs> yes. And I, okay, in quarantine last year, I got rid of a lot of stuff. You did get rid of a lot of stuff. And the stuff I do have that's still in my collection is going to be sold. I just have to figure out how to list it because it's like old darkroom equipment. And I okay, don't know the yeah. first thing about. And then the I got a, my grandma got me so much pink depression glass that I need like a full hutch for it. And I'm not saying that like to brag. It's a nuisance. Grandma, I'm sorry. She doesn't listen. <laughs> but it's like, it's too much. It's a lot. Like, I swear to God, she really thought you were going to be hosting the Royals. She thought I was going to live in a Baroque house. Yeah. It's like a, t- oh, it's like a setting for between 12 and 16 people. I can't even put it That's... in a fucking cupboard because it'll rip it off the wall. <laughs> I'm certain. That's the hard part too is like so I find a lot of like glasses um and like some of them I haven't tried to date so I don't always know how old they are some of them are vintage I can just tell and from some of the stuff I've looked up but I have all these glasses and I'm like who's even coming over I'm in the <laughs> middle of a pandemic like and right. I'm still buying all of these like etched coops <laughs> yep. but they're pretty mm-hmm. and the good the, the good thing for me is that I can you know use use them for my social media and for you know limited picnics and whatnot um it's funny because I have a friend who tried <laughs> he tried to give me these like champagne flutes that were plastic um like from the dollar store and he's like you know for your picnics and i'm like i'm bringing glass to the picnic like i don't i'm i appreciate the effort but kind of yeah out of my face (laughs) plastic not a chance and it's funny because i was like you know hard no against plastic and then of course i was at the thrift store the week before last and i found these i picked up these glasses that look like like a cross, like a hybrid between a coupe and a chalice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, this is gorgeous. It's like, you know, um, I, I'd have to look at it to, to be, to be able to describe it, but like just this very kind of ornate, clear crystal, mm. um, like cut, cut crystal. But then I pick it up and it's light and I realize it's plastic or it's acrylic. Shit. Um, and I was like, Oh, Okay. <laughs> I guess maybe I can, you know, I can do something that's not crystal uh, if it looks like this. And then I ended up looking it up um, and they are, I forget the brand. I think it's like Bocce, like B-A-C-I or something like that. Bocce Milano, that's what it is. And they, they make like these antique looking like. Oh, like replicas? It might not be a replica. Yeah, it's just kind of like the style of like, you know, um, like this antiquated in a good way style. Um, These acrylic, they call them shatterproof glass, which I thought was the cutest (laughs) thing. I'm like, oh, that's so cute. This is plastic. Um, Trying to make it sound fancy. (laughs) Yeah, like shatterproof. Well, that's nice. That's cute. I bet I could shatter this if I really tried. (laughs) Um, But um, 
Yeah. And they're not supposed to cloud or something like that too, which is part of the issue too. One of my issues with plastic is just like the more you use it, the more it's going to, it's just going to look cloudy. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was like the exception I made. And I was like, wow, I could bring these to the park and there won't be any issues because they're lightweight and they're pretty and they're Mm -hmm. durable. Um, You know, in the before times, as we like to call them, (laughs) I would like to. Yes. 2020 BC. Uh, I'd like to have, you know, little soirees, I would call them. And I would just invite over people for like drinks and I'd have I'd bring out, you know, my vintage glasses and like serve some sort of cocktail on them. And I feel like some of my friends were for that. Some other friends, like they could give a fuck what they're drinking out of. Like they just want the booze um, or just want the company, you know, but like anytime there's a gathering, I'm like, Oh, I can get all my glasses. And then, <laughs> I, this past Still, New Year's Eve, me. <laughs> it was me and my roommate and just one of our friends um, for like, you know, the first bit. And I'm like looking through, what glasses I'm going to drink out of. And then I was like, you know what? It's New Year's Eve. I'm going to have more than one drink. I'll just do a different drink for each glass. And so I drank out of like, you know, three or four different glasses, a couple of coupes, one of these, uh, you know, gilt rimmed flutes that I thrifted a few weeks prior, 85 cents a pop. Oh, holy pair. crap. Just beautiful. Wow. A beautiful pair. Taste better out of that. Yeah, right. Full blown bougie on a budget. You're like, oh, this eighty five cents. Exactly. When it comes to value, that's where that's where I get excited. It's like the the cheaper I got something, yeah, the better. I'm yep. like, wow, this looks expensive, and I'm drinking out of a eighty five cents worth of investment, <laughs> and then this champagne that was seventy nine or rather seven ninety nine on right. sale. Yeah, yeah. But that's like my brand. I feel like, you know, it's like accessible luxury and like finding these things that people are like, oh, this is old. Yuck. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> Who me? Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's kind of that's I think because I grew up pretty poor, like that's my like level of thrifting or finding things and being like, I make my own money now, but I can afford these things because now I'm buying them from people who grew up from them financially. <laughs> So I get all my nice stuff. It's true. Well, and I wanted to talk to you about it because I am like full blown inspired by your fashion because as a fellow plus size person and fat person, and I'm not saying that is a bad thing, guys, that that F word's not bad, but it's proudly self-identified as fat. Right. And there's nothing. I said it to a client the other day and she looked at me and I said, there's nothing wrong with it. It's so, yeah, it's a lot of the way it's slowly shifting, but that is a lot of people's first, you know reaction is to recoil but mm, mm, no. it is it's, true. it's like saying like you have brown hair I'm, I'm fat my skin is brown my mm. hair is brown it's neutral yeah these yeah. are adjectives used to describe <laughs> if i was missing <laughs> <laughs> yes somebody right? trying yeah. to be not if she's like well she's a light color she's like fluffier and she's like she's like not, a bigger body not like but she's this, not like fat fat but like you know right this. Like, <laughs> yeah oh gosh you know great guys up until like two weeks ago, I had red hair. So I would be a red, highly tattooed, fat, short person. Find me. I'm missing. I know. Don't bullshit them. Yeah. <laughs> Please find me. Please. I don't care what you use. Just find me. But I constantly, like, I just want to know your secrets to finding clothing when you, like, what do you do? Because I'm being like, obsessive. Okay. Okay. I was wondering if that's I what mean, it was. 
<laughs> yeah, there's the yeah, there's these times where I'm like, damn, this is is this obsession or is this expertise? I'm gonna say expertise. Put it on a resume. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um and and being very, very determined. Um, I feel like so I thrift a lot. Um and honestly for me, the biggest thing has been like studying studying and i have a, like a little style guide too where like I, I talk about these things but like studying antique and you know or rather fashion history like uh silhouettes and like the fashion plates and stuff like that like whatever i can find just find like details and like seeing something where it's like those sleeves like yes that might be on a site like forever 21 but if i pair it with this long skirt it could kind of look like something mm -hmm. somebody was wearing you know 100 years ago or so um i guess now it will be like 120 years ago because i keep thinking 100 <laughs> years ago was like 1899 and it's yeah. like oh that's right yeah, yeah. no what did, uh jill's daughter <laughs> asked her if she was you say it. it's the funniest i've said it all week long to people she asked me if i grew up in the 1900s <laughs> oh and i was like well, i just yeah. looked at her Straight for the throat and i was just like i hate you <laughs> and she's like well technically you did and i was like fuck off mm -hmm. yeah but i love it now i <laughs> Don't tell her. I saw some Tumblr post that was like, are you this old, though, to remember this? And it was like Windows XP. <laughs> and I was like, that's... Is this ancient? Like, yeah, I was like, I just... I don't know. I I Windows 98, I think, or 99 was like, right when I was like able to operate a computer. I was mm -hmm. like, on there. and But also, you know, we had that for some years afterwards anyway too because it was like don't nobody got the money to be updating to the next windows as soon as oh, it comes out like I still don't <laughs> we had windows 98 or windows 99 until i want to say at least 2003 yeah. like that was when we got a windows xp computer and then i was like whoa yeah <laughs> And I think no that's more the... AOL dial-up to get on the internet. Like, there's a thing called a browser. What, what is, is this? this? I get to choose. <laughs> I think that's when Windows was like, "Fucking buy something new. We are done updating this software. <laughs> Please, for the love of God, stop." Which, like, now I kind of want to see if I can find one of those old computers um, because I want to play uh, some like old video, some mm -hmm. old computer games that like they don't even run on. I don't know if you all are familiar with Fallout, the Fallout series. Okay. Which I feel <laughs> My like... My face just did that. I, uh, yeah. I, I, <laughs> you don't Which, grow up with the imagination we had and not play <laughs> role-playing right? games. Well, and it's so... To me, that those, that kind of game is so, so cool because it's like... It's a role-playing game, and I, I like the gaming experience, but also it's full of mid-century shit. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, like, anybody who likes antiques and video games mm -hmm. or vintage and video games probably likes Fallout. Similarly, Red Dead Redemption. Like, mm -hmm. I literally was just playing that before um, yes. getting on here. Like, uh, you know, we had the, the time mix-up, and I was like, well, there's three hours I can put into Red Dead Redemption. Um, <laughs> just gonna and, get like, the old you know, dusty trail. Yep, and, like, part of i wasn't playing for that whole time but um okay that game were. too is just okay. <laughs> i should have but <laughs> then i was like farting around on my phone and like, <laughs> you know, procrastinating to even play a game which i'm like 
what has happened to my attention span that I, procra- <laughs> I procrastinate video games so it's much. Trash. Yeah. yeah, my attention um, span is garbage. Yeah. Like, well, I could probably yeah. put a show on that's a background noise while I'm watching TikToks with my AirPods. <laughs> I have to put my phone out the room. If I want to sit down and read or watch something or play something uninterrupted, I have to put my phone across the apartment because the laziness will like mm-hmm. win. <laughs> I was going to say Trump, but I don't like to use that word Mm-mm. these days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, that guy. But yeah, Red Dead Redemption is another game too where like, that's I can't play that on Windows 99, <laughs> but um, beautiful, just so many details. Like if you're an antique lover and you want to feel immersed in a time period that is mm-hmm. truly, truly, I, I'll take out my sniper rifle and I'll just like be looking at the details <laughs> in the game. Yeah. And like, thank goodness it's a video game because in any other situation that probably would be very strange, like mm-hmm. looking at some paintings and some furniture through a sniper rifle. Um, I think that's why they just went with binoculars. Like they were like, let's see yeah, this off the go. Yeah. <laughs> you can pull out binoculars now. Yeah. Um, I'm talking real life, not just like <laughs> oh, what's yeah, Steve doing? True, oh, he's looking at Cheryl's new house. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, my husband but, um, is a huge gamer and my brothers were gamers. So I grew up in that world and like when we got married, because my brothers would never let me touch their gaming consoles. That was like, mm. get out of here, girl. And my husband, Aww. I remember when he first he got the first Fallout game, and I was I heard the music in the background, and I was like, "Wait a minute!" So Fallout is like takes place after nuclear Fallout. That's mm-hmm. why it's mid century, and they have like Fallout radio. So you have a Pip Boy that you wear on your wrist, much like an Apple Watch, but bigger, and it plays. You can scroll <laughs> through radio stations in the game. Oh, so there's different radio stations. My husband just thrifted a Fallout. Um, character piece for his office oh cool at the goodwill i feel like he's gonna be very proud of this whole moment (laughs) um but he used to set me up with like skyrim or oblivion or like those things and i would just go throughout the wilderness and just like murdering people and then i'd come to town and be like you killed 37 people i'm like how do you know (laughs) 40 miles away but yeah fallout is like the imagery and like being able to like get lost in the imagery of that game is like yeah kiss. it's so beautiful just beautiful retrofuturism, and like it's um and it's just very campy too in some ways like it can be very fun and cheeky but uh there's you there's you can find clothing they call it pre-war clothing <laughs> um so you can like pick up you know like a uh like an a-line or like you know swing kind of like kind of swing dress from like the 50s or something like that and in the game it takes place it's actually i feel like it's supposed to be it's the future of our timeline but like where they go back to this 50s Mm -hmm. very mid-century like 40s to 60s kind of vibe um and then everything gets destroyed by bombs and then everything is kind of like falling apart and dilapidated, but there's still like diner seats <laughs> and like, you know, these retro futuristic cars and like all this stuff um, that's like falling apart. But so I but Googled really it. cool. It takes place. <laughs> it's set in after the 2077 century. Okay. Whoa. Is when it, it starts, but it is influenced by post-World War II nuclear paranoia in the fifties. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like society's like rebuilding itself. And there's people that have like large amounts of radiation that like they, it's just now we both sound insane. 
me and Essence. <laughs> we're trying to explain Fallout to Jill. Jill. And I'm like, I don't really There's a show that. coming out for it, too. I'm curious how they're going to do that. There's a, They're working on a show. I think it's Amazon um, is working on a series. I'm curious about how they're going to handle that um, aesthetically and then also kind of being true to the the dark humor of the the series. So we'll see. Yeah. Oh, man. I wonder what that's going to bring, like, merch-wise <laughs> for that. Because that's it, my husband's hard to shop for. So if they make a merch line, oh, it'll be good. <laughs> yeah, you'll be you'll be. He sad. doesn't listen, so he won't know that I'm planning that for the future. <laughs> <laughs> and if he does listen this one time, he'll be like, "What? That like, will be this one will be the one episode he listens to." Ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that like I love that imagery like that is being like continued in popular culture in ways that are really like interesting and cool and not problematic. Yeah. Because I love lots of things from the forties and fifties, but I don't ever want anything else from the forties and fifties to come back. Obviously. Yeah. The visual culture. Cool. Um, well, the, the non-racist and sexist parts of the visual culture, because I feel like ultimately those values just infected every part of, Mm -hmm. you know, the world. But, um, there are little alcoves of reprieve from those horrible views. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and I love as a hairdresser, I love that you show historical styles on your natural hair. Oh, thank you. I, yeah. Um, I, as a hairdresser, yeah. like the historical aspect of it. And like, I just, I love, I love that you do that. What for my brain and for my hair brain to see it come to life but I, I love that you do that I love that you do that thank you yeah it, for me it was you know it, it it was just an exploration of like what what I can do and um and just playing with the versatility and research really because like this is I I did not go with natural hair I went um I had relaxed or processed hair until I was 20 basically mm-hmm. um and then seven or not quite seven years ago, um, actually. So it's, what is it? 2021. Jeez. I'm, all these years are, I, it doesn't, it'll be isn't... seven years this August. <laughs> time is not real, no. <laughs> um, but if it were, it would be seven years this August <laughs> that I've been natural. Um, and so I was just relearning like, you know, and it took a while to kind of get length because shrinkage for my hair type, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you really cannot see how long it is when, when you've wet it. Um, or really if you've done anything other than blow it out, you know, and then flat iron it, like you just can't tell how long it is until you like pull a strand out. Mm -mm. And so our hair shows length very differently. And then it just took a while for me to like find styles that made me feel good because, I mean, I do like shorter hair, um, but some of the shorter hairstyles I was achieving were just not like, like they weren't really doing it for me. Yeah, um, I understand that. And so the longer it gets, the more I'm like, oh, I can do this. And now I'm at a point where I'm like, it's long, but at what cost? Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do anything with it. It takes forever to dry. I hear you on that one. Mm-hmm. And it just stays up and away most of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like it's your yeah. length where you're like, oh, well, they're just going to pin you up. Just get out yep. of the way. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, I, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. I love it. Thank you. And, um, I wanted to ask like when you, 
style stuff for your content like what what drives your inspiration for like stuff you want to create for your social media um usually it will be around like an outfit that i i'm putting together or um if i'll see like a picture um like a painting from you know an antique painting or something like that and then i see an aspect of that that i might want to like play with or revisit or I'll find a prop or something like that. Um, actually, so a couple of weeks ago, I was at the store surprise. Um, <laughs> Any free moment. I'm like, nope, got to swing by there. <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's just the best because you can go there and you might spend two bucks. You might spend 40 bucks. You might spend 100 and mm-hmm. you can still come away with some amazing things. Um, but it's like this antique book of poems. And it's kind of falling apart a little bit at the top. And so I saw that and it was five bucks. And so I picked it up and, um, and I also, I also found this like case that looks like it might be antique brass or like whatever it is. It, it, I doubt it came after the eighties. Like it could be some really cool, like mid-century reproduction yeah. of like, uh, um, like a chest, a book shaped chest, but I found those two items and the, the box, type of thing it was eight bucks and the book was like five bucks and i saw those together and they both have this like beautiful brown and like brassy tones to them and immediately i saw in my head like this still life with them and like a candle burning um and you know maybe incorporating myself into it and so i want to do kind of this dark academia or you know late victorian inspired shoot around those pieces but i just have to figure out the rest of the rest of the furniture because part of the issue too with collecting and having different aesthetics is there's so many i will take different things from things from different periods but like color palettes are where i i have i'm i'm more of a a snob about mixing yeah i saw that book at the store and i i i i the first page where like they have the editions printed out, like the years of the editions mm. printed out, I think is torn out of the book. Um, wow. But just looking at it, like there's some things where I'm like, I know this shit is old. I know this shit is yeah. shit, And I know <laughs> it is like, um, I don't think it's like, you know, valuably ancient because of um, it's not in the best condition, but I know that shit is like, at least I wouldn't put it past the 1910s for how old it is. Um, You'll have to send us a picture of it and we'll put it up and see if any, any of our followers know anything about it or any of the, like the repair aspects of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take a picture. Um, But so, and that's also like, you know, like we were talking about earlier, one of those things where like, I don't care about the value of this thing. Like it just looks cool. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the hard things too, about like, (laughs) <laughs> you find things that people are like you can't sell this and i'm like i like that it looks old i like that it's falling apart there's certain things i do want to be yeah. in great condition but like i like things that are you know not quite like that um it's always frustrating when i like run into people that are like oh this is like falling apart and i'm like yeah but that's kind of cool isn't it that's like the best part of it yeah. i love when something has been like you can tell it's been used like it was a, it wasn't a decor item to somebody else. And then I feel like it almost like comes into its retirement when it enters your collection to be admired and put up on like its own little yeah. proverbial pedestal. Yeah. yeah. 
for sure. Yeah, because there's lots of things like I collect like uranium glass that I'm not using in my daily life. But I just love the fact that it was like the talk of the housewives at the time to be like, oh, did you get this green glass that glows? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Speaking of social medias that we were talking about, where can our listeners find you online to see all of these collections and dreamy imagery that you create? Okay, so my Instagram is iridescence. That's I-R-I-D-E-S-S-E-N-C-E. It's a play on my name, which is Essence. Um, My Tumblr is also iridescence. My TikTok is iridescence underscore. Yeah, I I think think, it's an underscore. Because iridescence was taken. And I was like, who's out here stealing my (laughs) shit? Um, My other blog, though, on Tumblr. um, So my iridescence blog is more like, you know, pastel pink and you know pastel general and general pastel tones um but my side blog uh luxus eterna it's luxus l-u-x-u-s underscore a-e-t-e-r-n-a it's latin for eternal luxury because i'm extra um <laughs> she has a brand <laughs> everybody and she follows it she gets <laughs> It's my side blog for like uh, a more darker palette. So it's very like, it has like goth undertones, vampiric stuff, dark academia, um, basically anything that I like that doesn't really fit like the pastel fairy tale vibe. Um, Gonna make me re-download Tumblr. (laughs) (laughs) So like that image, you know, that I, that I was talking about earlier, like that, I posted that on there and it seems to be doing pretty well. That's um, a great image. Yeah. I hope it's doing thank well. Thank you. Yeah. So that's the blog for that stuff. And it's my drafts. I, I make all these drafts because you can save, you know, drafts of posts of images on the site. Um, and then I queue things up and like, that's how I run my blogs. Like they just kind of, you know, go on their own. Um, and I have so many drafts because apparently people love posting I feel like dark academia has been the wave for the last year, which is funny. Cause to me, that's just like, I see the stuff that like, to me, that's just vintage and antique. <laughs> and like, you know, now it has a fancy name. It's like Victorian and Edwardian stuff. And, but like you wear a turtleneck and you have some coffee with this ancient book and now it's <laughs> dark academia. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. Need some big glasses. Yeah. Um, you also have to take depression medication at like some point. Yeah. During the right? top like, of the dark academia. <laughs> right. The real dark academia uh, yeah. is procrastinating on your paper that's due <laughs> and then feeling like your life is over because you failed a class. That's dark. Mm-hmm. Academia. <laughs> but let's but, do yeah. this photo shoot really quick. <laughs> right. Let's, hold on. I got to take my picture. Keep it together for a few more minutes. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Let me what? procrastinate on this test I need to take by taking this picture. <laughs> I might lose my financial aid, but clout. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, yeah, I feel like that that stuff is um, people are now starting to take like make more posts around that stuff. And, you know, Tumblr, the nice part is that you don't have to make all your content. You can just reblog other people's shit all day. <laughs> and no. then suddenly you're a top tier blogger. Um, but I do create content for those blogs too. And I post that. Um, and I find a lot of my inspiration on there. So mm-hmm. I remember like the first iteration of Tumblr, I was always like, whoa, this is like connecting me to other parts of the world. 
Yeah. 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 There's this uh, post that we blogged yesterday that's like different eras of Tumblr. They call it the first age, like (laughs) all of the madness that occurred before DashCon. Like, I guess DashCon marks the end. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm ancient. I've been on that site for, like, I've yeah. been on that site. It'll be 10 years in, uh, in September Wow, that you should I've have been a, on that site. If it's safe enough, you need to have a Tumblr-themed picnic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, God. <laughs> God. But, like, leave mess. the porn out of it. Like, yeah. don't put that part in it. <laughs> A fandom picnic. Goodness. <laughs> a dark academia Tumblr picnic. <laughs> right? Yeah, I, I can do that. I, right, my right. current blogs, I can do... Uh, yeah, I have been having picnics. I actually did do dark academia. It was like a solo thing. It was a shoot that I, I brought stuff out there, but it could have been a picnic. And people were like staring at me like, what is this girl doing in a 41-inch wool skirt in the middle of August? And I was like, look, it's for some photos. Me and my corduroy vest and my wool skirt <laughs> in August. Um, the photos came out great, and that was actually a colder day, a colder day in that that um, that month. So it worked out. But it's also um, like, are you guys living in the same 2020? Because this place is a hellscape, right? Like, why aren't you doing photo shoots in the park? Nothing makes sense, right? Anymore. I know. That's Just, the thing too. Yeah, when I go out dressed up, and the people are like, oh what's the occasion or like they're staring at me strangely. What's the occasion is fine. I get it. But also I'm like, I'm alive and I'm fighting every day. The existential crisis that comes with being a powerless millennial (laughs) in this hellscape. Mm -hmm. Um, So me dressing up like a fairy princess is just like how I'm getting through the week. Thank you. (laughs) That's Um, where we're at. That's where we're at. Uh, But then I'll get some people that just kind of like, stare at me and i don't know what they're thinking and i don't care mm, they're, ju- they're mostly probably jealous because they're like wow i totally fucking gave up that option I know. that i could have right? done that yeah i could just wear a ball gown wherever i want right yeah or the people yes, that are like wow i love your cosplay oh, <laughs> i'm not cosplaying please there's a there's okay this is the last thing and i'll get to the estates i'll walk through i promise but there is so uh kanye west bought a ranch in wyoming oh dear yeah it's you know he bought a large expanse of land and is currently making into his kanye compound or whatever with his sunday (laughs) services and whatnot it's kanye pound (laughs) (laughs) yes you're now you're officially a mothball because you made a pun that works (laughs) So they were, there's a video of them in the cowboy bar, the Kardashians and Kanye, and then actual cowboys. And <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're walking through the bar and everybody else is like, literally has like the what in tarnation look. <laughs> like these people are most definitely not from here. And they're wearing like what people think people that live in cold climates wear. So they have like the oh. huge coats on and like oh, yeah. huge boots and and they're just like it's like a still life so they're walking <laughs> through the bar and then everybody on the outside is going like what's happening <laughs> they're kind of like <laughs> looking at each other and they're like who are these people but it's my favorite um i think i saw it, on, it was on tiktok or instagram where it was like when the kardashians come to jackson hole and i was like oh no <laughs> oh no that's also the people that think like range rovers are like what we drive as suvs like in land rovers yeah <laughs> no usually rav fours yeah 
or you know subarus yeah suburbans because <laughs> we have large families speaking of large utility vehicles we're gonna drive one to this week's estate sale oh good we're hunting oh. um for those of you that are new to the show every week I write a estate sale walkthrough and try to put people through as much choice agony as I can. I really see you Okay, sitting. stress, I was going to yeah. say. Yeah. I really stress. see you just sitting there like evil laugh. Yeah. I like the, the interview time. goes so great. I'm like, let's end this with them. Oh, maddening. no. Yeah. Okay. It's Sorry. Hurt. It's and just... I get I get real stressed out with like hypothetical. I don't even like to play would you rather that. Oh, see? I'm like, Damn. Yeah. You're in good well, company. You, you get it. Yeah. You get it. Because I, I am the same damn yeah. way. So uh, I write the estates I'll walk throughs up based on the inspiration given from the guest and things that I see through their social media and different things like that. Um, it is all hypothetical and there are different scenarios where you choose one or the other. Okay. So we walk into a lavish apartment. We are in New York City. We have chosen to, driven, to drive up to New York. We're kind of out a little bit away and we are in somebody's large apartment and she lived here for a long time. <laughs> did you, did I ghostwrite this? <laughs> Literally my fantasy. Oh, sorry. I just really I read you for filth <laughs> through your social media. I'm sorry. <laughs> like already just the like, you're like rich apart- <laughs> somebody's apartment who's lived there for a very long time. Rich yeah. Enterprise. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Like the types of apartments, it's an apartment with a staircase. Like it's large in New York. Oh, all right, of course it is. Right, Why not? Right. Yeah, let's go. Let's do it. So we are immediately drawn to a table filled with shiny objects of glass and crystal. Do you choose from cut glass perfume bottles or blown glass perfume bottles? Glass. Oh, Jill. Mm-hmm. Alone. Oh, I'm going with cut glass. I already just regret my decision. So it's I'll fine. pick you up something real nice. <laughs> the next table we have are vanity items. She had a large collection of these. Do you pick from the collection of vintage and antique hand mirrors or Oof. vintage and antique mirrored vanity trays? I'm literally looking at both of mine right now. <laughs> I have them on I my bathroom wall. I mirror last week, mm-hmm. too. Um, see, a week ago, I would have said hand mirrors. <laughs> now, mm, ooh. they go together, though. Like, how, <laughs> like there's no, there's not, uh, this is probably like, not. Wow, you're going to eat a meal? Do you want to eat a meal with a fork? <laughs> I would say I'm going to go with a hand mirror because I have a mirror tray and I have some mirrors that work as mirror trays. <laughs> so by virtue of just not having, are we talking a hand mirror with like a stem? Yeah. And not like a compact. Not a compact, a hand mirror. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'll go with the hand mirror this time because <laughs> I, the one I got, I like. And but like I would like one that matches the brush that I have exactly. So mm-hmm. we we'll won't tell any of one. the other vanity mirrors or hand mirrors in your collection yes. what you've gone with. Yes, <laughs> they don't listen to the they show. Can't hear me now. Yeah, <laughs> it's um. So this one I have in my bathroom. I have a gallery wall of vanity mirrors and hand mirrors. Oh, that sounds cool. Yeah, it's really Thank you. fun. 
Um, cause like I said, I'm a hairdresser. So like people are like, Oh, old hair stuff here, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I really am into art deco right now and art nouveau. Mm. I love art nouveau. Oh, shit. I feel like people don't use it by name that much, but like art nouveau is like, yeah, just yeah. a really good, mm-hmm. a really small, succinct, but really cool period. Yeah. Of stuff. It's I'm going to go for the sheer decadence of it in Art Nouveau Vanity Mirror. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I'm taking everything else off the wall, and that's the only thing going on. <laughs> <laughs> Rip it all down. Jill? Um, I think I'm going to go with the vanity trace, too. Mm-hmm. God, it's a Maybe. shitty choice. I don't know. We'll see. We'll come back in the dead <laughs> of night and get everything else. We'll break in, we'll cover the ring doorbell. <laughs> Um, next we have furniture to choose from, but Oof. it's the design style of furniture. Okay. In French design. I hate you. Okay. Do you choose Regents, avant-garde or Renaissance for a bedroom set complete? And this is where <sighs> essence <sighs> well, takes my eyeballs out of my face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say Regents because I feel like it's, closest to the vibe i already have but renaissance is a close second like if we're talking in this like timeline where this estate sale is happening do i have that mansion i was talking about because then like oh yeah then the choices become a lot harder you have a summer mansion and a winter mansion (laughs) i have a little chateau (laughs) yeah 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 you also have like a cute like victorian greenhouse at one of the places like you're not fucking around (laughs) Mm, i'm still gonna go with regents yeah, it's a good choice. <laughs> She's not happy about Welcome it. Welcome to my world. At what cost, Regents? But at what cost? <laughs> that needs to be a shirt for you, Regents. <laughs> but at what cost, Jill? Uh, Sam. <laughs> Over to Sam in the newsroom. I'm. I go with avant garde. Oh, see, I don't. I'm, but I did see on eBay today a uh, eBay. French, was it French? It was in Brazil, but it was a Catholic diocese bed, like, but it was like Gothic, like French Gothic. Oh, okay. But I was also like, I don't want anything from somebody's bed. That was a, mm. but it was a cool, I like <laughs> Gothic cool about. and I like avant-garde. So I'm going to go with avant-garde. Okay. I think... I'm going to regret it either way. I'm going to go French. Which one? Oh, the Regents or the Renaissance? All of it. I was hoping to find a loophole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go French. Peace French. out. Peace That's out. it. That's it. No. I... Kick me down the stairs at the estate sale. One of these times I'm going to find a loophole. I'm going to go with the Renaissance. I would put that in your well... house. I feel like that's good then because that's like a trinity of of options yeah. and then like we all get yeah. one that way we don't have to fight each other for what we're getting and from it's this true. when we're flying yeah. in on our private jets to each other's chateaus yeah right yeah yeah it'll work out we can I can live vicariously through y'all yeah, by going it's, your, yeah. We're just like, it's fine and the very last question I couldn't not put a clothing question in okay you can pick as many items as you want but you can only choose from these three categories do you choose to pick through abundantly antique garters and garter belts, mm-hmm. antique slips, or antique hosiery items? Oh, and they're all plus size. Oh, yeah. 
vintage. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I need to make sure that's going to This is fit a fantasy. <laughs> yeah. It's everything um, we wanted in an estate sale. <laughs> like my size Barbie, like... but my size estate sale. <laughs> <laughs> so when you say slips, we're talking like like slips that you wear under like a dress or something, not like full on nightgowns, right? Well, I mean, I think they're interchangeable a little bit. You could have, she has, it's all together in one pile. Okay. Because slips. I feel like I see slips and I think like, that's something I will wear under like a dress so that this like unlined garment isn't scratching my skin all day. But like, if we're talking nightgowns, <laughs> it's a different answer. Um, <laughs> hmm. I do have a lot of nightgowns and do I need more? The answer is yes. But like. Well, because there's Over. summer nightgowns, winter nightgowns. You gotta have all. Maybe your period mm. nightgown. Right? That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna um, make up Tuesday nightgowns. I do pretty good when it comes to nightgowns because I'm a cup user. So, yeah, you know. same. <laughs> um, for anybody who's listening who wanted to know. <laughs> Great. Keep it or cut it or never edit a show for us again. <laughs> I I fully, I'm cool. I'm cool with it. Um, damn. Well, I'm going to say nightgowns mm-hmm. um, because I like the look of hosiery. I don't really wear hosiery like that, though. It's usually more trouble than it's worth. Because <laughs> like, it's the 20th century. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then garters, it's like, well, like, usually it's to wear with hosiery. So, mm-hmm. which I did. I do have a couple vintage garter belts, um, which are, are pretty cool. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with nightgowns so that I can just be obscene and have like <laughs> a nightgown for every night of the month. Yeah. Like, that sounds ideal. Yeah. Something different to wear. Yeah. Or rather the slips. Cause that was, you know, I mean, they, we could go either way. The estate sale company didn't know what these were. They just put them in a pile. They just threw them that happens. Them. It does. That, that <laughs> works out to our favor. I also am going to go slips. Yeah. We're going to have a full blown pajama party. <laughs> I am here for this. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that because I was just thinking yesterday I was bored and sad about not being able to travel because of this the p- the pandemic in, in which we yeah <laughs> we've been forsaken. Um, but I was thinking about Viva Las Vegas, um, which uh, I'm sure y'all have heard of, mm-hmm. if not been to. Um, and there is this. Um, might be vintage vanity um she is she's on instagram at the time she had blue hair but like she is a i think plus size just you know vintage enthusiast who i guess has like goes out with her buddies every sunday morning at viva and like their vintage 90s for breakfast that's fantastic and like that's i want to do that but also i want to have like the party the night like a saturday night at viva las vegas vintage nightgown and lingerie party like whatever's your vibe you want to wear it if it's vintage if it's repro like because like that's a huge aspect of like dressing vintage is like Mm -hmm. what you you know it's not streetwear it's you know boudoir or loungewear Mm -hmm. like I want to bring that to Viva too and have, I tried to have that. Like nobody showed up. I was out there with my Catherine Delish robe trying to oh, be fabulous. You bitch. This is it. We're done. <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> my baby pink Catherine. Oh, no. Wow. Yeah. Jelly. Tax season was good to me that oh, year. <laughs> that is, 
that's like the creme de la creme of <laughs> not giving a fuck and just like I talk about coming down a staircase in a robe. That's the robe I'm talking about. Is a Kathleen <laughs> Delish robe. It's so funny because I, I had that TikTok that like did pretty well recently of like the three looks I would wear to my rich husband's funeral. <laughs> yeah. And all of these people in the comments were like, but what do you wear when the police come to the door and, you know, question you the murder robe, the murder robe, which I think it's funny that it's now the murder robe. <laughs> but like, I'm like, I have, I have, I have one, two, three, I have three, three robes that would work for this vibe. And that's not counting my roommate's robes, which like I could potentially borrow. And so I'm like, y'all don't understand. Like, the I'm showing of Jill Catherine Delish. This is obscene. Um, yeah, no, I uh, fully appreciate a good robe moment. And I don't think that there is any better time than that of being like, who exactly. me? Spin for dramatic. Yeah, my mom had some robes. They weren't those kind, but I remember wearing them in like, Flounding it out and like walking down the hall and yelling at my sister to to go get me something. Yeah, (laughs) servant. They bring boss energy. That's it. That comes uh, like as a USB chip with a robe. It's like put this on. Well, we've really taken too much of your time today, and I just have to say that this was delightful. It was. I feel the same. I can't wait to have a pajama party one day (laughs) because I'm about to be. As opulent as possible in 2021. That's my word. Oh, that's what we're doing. My goodness, yes. I'm so here for that. Mm-hmm. If you want to invite me out to your your pajama party, oh yeah. Where are you guys located again? We are in southeastern Idaho. Southeastern Idaho. So we're at our closest like international airport okay. is Salt Lake City, but Idaho Falls gets some pretty good. Yeah, every once in a while. It's on the way to Yellowstone. Oh, okay. So, I mean, technically, it could be a write-off for you if you did a photo shoot in Yellowstone. You just <laughs> travel on through. I do want a road trip west, so who yeah, knows? Maybe if I can beautiful pop Beautiful in the summer. We don't yes. have humidity here. Uh, I, I was in Denver last year, and it was wild. And I was like, <laughs> uh, the water retention when I first got there, I don't think I peed for like 16 hours. Oh, yeah. That high <laughs> because elevation my body was like, up. no, you need all of this water. <laughs> um, We're but once I got adjusted, <laughs> I was like, wow, this is great. There's no, there's no mosquitoes. It's <laughs> August. I'm outside on a mountain again with this 1894 Winchester <laughs> bottle. <laughs> And there's no mosquitoes. This is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's what we got. That's our claim to fame. I know. That's Water retention and no I mosquitoes. <laughs> forest fire season, though, is a little. It's a little rough. Yeah. yeah she's little dry. Little. She's a high desert climate. She is. A, she is very high desert. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much again for spending yes, your evening with you. us. Thank um, you for having me. To hear more about some of the things we talk about today in Iridescence episode, stay tuned for this week's Curio Corner. I absolutely adored sitting down with her and talking about her history and, I mean, all of the collections that she has in her house. Yeah, and she kind of spoke of some stuff that we've never seen or, like, you know, we didn't, all her... I don't know, frilly girl stuff. I don't know how even to explain it. It's like so pretty. Right. And it's like high femme in the best way. Yeah. Like stuff your grandma had, but it feels like turned up to 11 in her house. Like she had this stuff that I wouldn't be able to pull off. 
No, me neither. And she, when we interviewed her, because she was like, is this video? And we're like, we don't record the video. We just like to look at you when we're talking yeah, to you. And she had on the cutest vintage nightgown. I, know, I wasn't expecting that. And I'm like, okay, you're adorable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which because you and I, when we record in the basement, we don't have the heat on. And so we <laughs> generally look like we're heading on to. Yeah, uh, it's like we're getting ready to like build igloos. Yes. Yes. And speaking of cold things, we were one of the things that we talked about in her episode that we've talked about a lot on the show, but we've never really covered on the show was Crystal. Mm -hmm. And my introduction to Crystal is through my grandmother. She collects cut crystal and she made it known to me that she collects cut crystal. <laughs> um, but the information I got for this article is, um, from core77.com and it covers not only like a brief history of crystal but also the movement into like cut crystal very briefly i did not do the whole deep dive so crystal which is known also as lead glass it dates back over a thousand years ago with cut crystal following close behind so crystal was manufactured first and then we moved into cut crystal. And while crystal is glassware, it still varies from regular glass. So glass is typically made up of silica sand, sodium oxide, and calcium oxide, where crystal is made from all of these materials, but the calcium oxide is switched out for lead oxide. And adding lead ups the index of refraction in the glass. So this is how much light can bend through the glass. The sparkles and rainbows that we all love to see with crystal oh. is enhanced with lead. And I know that you're nervous about the lead aspect <laughs> of it. We're going to get to that. I got that look, didn't I? Yes. Yeah, so you're like lead, mm -hmm. huh? Though crystal takes its name from its scientific counterparts like rock and stone and crystal, they are completely different. So it's different than the organic materials of crystal, which for some reason in my brain, I always thought cut crystal was just people had just cut rocks when I was little. I was like, what? <laughs> I when, yeah, I thought the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks, science. So um, it's completely different entirely. Different countries have their rules and guidelines for how much lead oxide can be used to classify something as crystal. Crystal drinkware generally contains 18 to 35% lead, and it goes even higher if the piece isn't for ingesting, so it's not going to touch your mouth. So if it's going to be a bowl that you're not going to put any food in, the crystal content, the lead content is going to be higher than from like a champagne flute. Oh. Right? So don't put bowls in your mouth if it's not for eating. I know. <laughs> don't drink your soup out of the bowl with your lips. Is that what I'm hearing? Here's the rule. Here's the one rule that they have. Overall, the lead oxide and the antimony are added in significant amounts because they allow a softer glass body. So this makes it easier to shape and cut the glass which makes less glass shards flying into the crafter's eyes because they're not making this like fine shards of glass. Yeah. And it also ups the shine and brilliant in the cuts. So the higher the lead content and the more cuts are made, the shinier and prettier that crystal is going to be. Um, the possibility of lower working temps also means the ability to eliminate air bubbles and other imperfections. So, you know, like, um, most blown glass will have some air bubbles in it. Yeah. Crystal is also blown, but because of that lead oxide being in it, it's not getting um, as many uh, air bubbles. Interesting, huh. right? Yeah. 
which it's so that's what's helped crystal build this reputation as being flawless and pristine. The glass for crystal is melted over a day and broken pieces known as cullet are added to further smooth the glass out in the process. So the molten glass will be smoother with these broken pieces added to it and it reduces waste. And while molds are common in crystal production, most manufacturers hand blow and shape glasses and other mouthpieces, the ones you ingest with, and they will likely have passed through several hands of craftsmen before you add it to your collection. And the cutting is the hardest thing to understand because I think when we think of glass production nowadays, you see it with like lasers and water things and plasma cutters and different things like that. But most glass, crystal glass cutting, despite this prevalence, is still done by hand with just two kinds of cuts. And they're made with rotary diamond cutters. So they're not, so they're still being held and like etched out and designed by hand. At heart cut designs of all variations, they're on a flat facet or a beveled cut created in either round or angled cutters. But much like the lapidary and gem cutting work, the enormous diversity of crystal patterns boils down to the size of the tools and the skilled, and this is in quotes, vocabulary of the craftspeople <laughs> using them. And then just a couple tips on identifying crystal. It's fairly simple. It's going to be heavier in your hand, even if it's like a champagne glass where it's really thin. It's going to be heavy in your hand because of that lead. And then they also said if you look towards the lip of crystal, like a champagne flute or a martini glass, it's going to be almost paper thin because of the viscosity and how they can make it. It's going to be really, really thin if it's heavy in your hand. And then the difference between cut glass crystal and cut glass is the cuts in crystal are rounded where the cuts that are made in glass, like if you don't feel like you could run your hand along the edge of that cut, it's probably cut glass and not cut glass crystal. Mm. If you feel like it's going to cut you if it's sharp. And then also the other one that we all know is if you run your finger around the edge and it sings or you hit it with a piece of silverware lightly, it will also make that long drawn out crystal note that we're all familiar with. And if it makes little pretty rainbows and reflects a lot of light. That's cool. I didn't know about that. No, I feel like crystal is like just on the other side of when I would have started collecting, like the age range of collecting crystal. Yeah. And I don't know. I've got a few like crystal dishes, Mm -hmm. but nothing like it doesn't catch my eye. Yeah. Like I'm not like, ooh, crystal. Right. (laughs) My grandmother got me a piece of uh, Waterford crystal for my wedding. It's a vase and it's in my curio cabinet. And as I was watching stuff about crystal today, (laughs) there's this lady on YouTube that says she's like the PhD in antique appraisers. Dr. Lori or something, I think. Sorry, Dr. Lori, about your name. But she says that something I've never heard before where she was like, where do you store this crystal? She was appraising for somebody. And they were like, oh, it's in my curio cabinet. And she says, oh, yeah. She's like, who all has curio cabinets? And the crowd's responding like, well, I do, blah, blah, blah. And she said to open the doors up because they can hold a bunch of heat because there's usually a bunch of dishware and crystal and glass and stuff inside of a curio cabinet. And there's no circulation. So she's like, open those. And she didn't say fuckers, but I'm going to say open those fuckers <laughs> up. So now I'm like, yeah. I was looking at, I was in my living room and I just like look over at my curio cabinet. I was like, are you hot? Did you go in there and start feeling objects? Like, Fanning it. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Are you hot? Let me fan you. Mm-hmm. Cool you off. 
Yeah. Oh, that's weird. I didn't know that. So yeah, I was uh, surprised, and now I have just one more thing to be anxious about, as if the ambient temperature of my curio cabinet. (laughs) You're going to put like a little thermometer in Mm -hmm. there just to monitor the temperature. (laughs) Like get one of those smart thermometers and then just put it in my antique. (laughs) Well, because now I have two. I have the one upstairs and the one downstairs, so now I need to make a median temperature to the basement, which I'm not worried about the basement one. It could be warm. It could be an indicator. Yeah, the basement one will be fine. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it was, uh, there is a vast amount of information about Cut Crystal, but there's not a lot of vast amount of information about the other thing we learned about. Yeah. So spaghetti lamps. It took me a minute to like, we all have seen them. Mm -hmm, We just mm -hmm. didn't know what they were called. And they look like, they're usually like balls and they look like they've got like noodles wrapped around it. and Like, like thank you. Thank you for calling them like they look. Thanks for not making up some other name. <laughs> I know. And I was like, okay, I have to look this up. I was like, oh, yeah, I totally remember those. So, yeah, they didn't. It's really weird that something so unique and odd didn't have a lot of information on mm-hmm. it. But um, so what we could find was on homedecorbliss.com. And it was actually just their frequently asked question part because there was nothing. Nobody wants same, to know about it. Yeah, it was like when we tried to look up bullet planters. Yeah, which is just weird. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is a spaghetti lamp made of? So most spaghetti lamps are compromised of acrylic or lucite, which is like a superior type of acrylic, and are thus easily scratched or damaged. Spun materials overlapping the shape into spears or ovals in bright colors. The overlapping folds often patterns and swirls to form unique designs, which it looks like noodles. Yeah. Which they're know. really writing it up to be something spectacular. It's I just know. like, have you ever done like um, hot glue strings, like where you drop it from the hot glue gun and move yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. Chocolate that's, drizzle. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. that's what we're doing. We're drizzling here <laughs> in a shape. <laughs> but so sometimes the lamps feature bases of plastered form into people or geometric shapes. Spaghetti lamps are either held up by bases or hung by a chain from the ceiling. And it's the ceiling ones I have seen. I think my grandma had some. I prefer the ceiling swag type versus the base type. Yeah, because the the ones that I saw were like the base was like really skinny compared to the balls hanging and they'd have three of them. And I'm like, that's just waiting to tip over. Yeah, my house is too crazy for that. Yeah, mine ain't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So the history we could find on spaghetti lamps, uh, they actually became popular in the mid 20th century. As with many other popular pieces of the furniture in this era, the spaghetti lamp took inspiration from the new space advancements in popular abstract art. Lamps were seen at the time as a decorative piece meant to bring the other furniture in the room together, which mm, did it though. Riot's pushing it. I mean, it was really like... At that borderline of 60s, 70s kitsch. It's like, like it's that borderline, like it's like you just went over the line just too much, mm-hmm. too much. Bring and they're like, they're very collectible, but they are a very niche collectible and they're hard yeah. to find. And then I found some other things that were like DIY spaghetti lamps. I was like, that sounds like <laughs> a nightmare, like to make yourself just fucking spinning. Like hot. I've got extras like, Hot glue. So uh, let's just put this in a ball. Please. I, wh- are you doing anything with this hot glue? No. 
Can I turn it into a lamp? What? In a bright, colorful ball shape? Yes. And also balls. Why balls? Like, Maybe the easiest to shape. I don't know. I've seen some that look like cotton candy. I've seen some like, and I've seen the spaghetti stuff in other iterations too, like in waste baskets, picture frames. Yeah. Like you, like once you see it, you know, you've seen it a lot. Yeah. There was lots of articles on like how to clean it, how to do this, how to do that, you know. So that was all we had for Essence's Curio Corner today. I love that even though we're 32, 33 episodes in now, you and I are still learning so much. Yeah. And it's really funny to me, like the more people we interview, they're like, oh, I'm not an expert. But then they start spitting all these facts. And it was like, oh, you're kind of an you're expert. You're a little bit of an expert. Kind of an expert. Yeah. To see everything we talked about in today's episode, be sure to follow along with us on our Instagram, the Mothball Prophecies Original. That is where we post everything to do with the show, our guest antiques, our antiques, our day-to-day life, and the estate sales we visit. The link tree in our bio lists you all of the other important things with our show, our Patreon, our website, and our merch store. And it is time for our favorite part of the show to thank our patrons that so graciously help us month to month support the show with their patronage we are able to pay for very important aspects of our show yes and we always want to make you guys feel special because we feel pretty damn special that you want to support us yeah that you want to like keep us around yeah thanks 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 we're coming up on our third cocktail hour yes yes and we are we are still deciding it's getting a little springy here. Maybe we should do like some springy. Yeah. I don't things. know. Well, I don't know. We might just do white cloth. I oh. mean, that's usually our go-to for everything. Yeah. I think that's, I think this is a good plan. We'll do some, yeah. some iteration of a hard seltzer. Yeah. As always, we want to thank Julia in Sweden. Jasmine in Kentucky. Kyla in Indiana. Mandy and Riley in California. TC Lionel. Melissa, Christina, Erica, Becky, and Ashley in Idaho. To join our Patreon and to see the tiers listed with all of their perks, be sure to visit the link tree in our Instagram bio. As always, we hope you find some good shit. And we really hope you remember to look under those tables. You better do it. Bye. Yeah.